Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Geekish Cast is a member of the Astro Panda Productions Network. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and joining me today is one of my two favorite actresses named Tamsin, Tamsin McDonough. Hello, hello. Hello. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to come back and do this. Last, yeah, last time we spoke was the month I was having recording problems with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But since then, I have also talked to one of your cast members, Tom Allison. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I it. yeah cool. He was doing a show where he was playing himself and Mrs. Claus. Yes. Yes. And I cannot, uh, shut up, it's Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I could not pass up that interview opportunity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's just wonderful, so yeah, uh, I'm sure you had a great time. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun talking to him. And, of course, you work with him on the show Killjoy, where you play a spaceship named Lucy. Yes. That's that's kind of an odd one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's become less and less odd just because, you know, I've gotten used to the idea. But when, it's, when it was first suggested to me, it was a mixture of, Okay, and yes, so it was, um, you know, it, it's something that as an actor, you get asked to do the craziest things, so you just kind of, you're just rolling with it always. <laughs> yeah, I imagine a few years into your career, nothing really stuns you or makes yeah. you go, what? Yeah. No, it really doesn't surprise me. One of my first roles was as a drag queen, uh, which was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, uh, I learned all about the subculture, and and now I'm a bit of a drag queen, um, uh, which is funny. Talking about Tom, he does this wonderful uh, Santa Claus, uh, Mrs. Claus in drag. So yes, yeah. um, uh, I, and he's he's so beautiful just as a man, let alone as a woman. It's like, oh come on, man, give us something. <laughs> now uh, let me let me ask you on that, Tamsin. If you were, I assume your first role, so you were quite young probably when you were asked to play a drag queen. Did that did that screw your screw you around in the head a little bit? Like, uh, no, no, okay, no, not at all. I I started later anyway, so, um, but no, it, it was also it was, it, yeah, because it was one of my first roles. I didn't really know how to delve into it enough anyway to to really go with the psychosis of of you know people dressing um, cross gendering dressing and so mm-hmm. on. So, um. And it was also, it was more, yeah, so it, it wasn't something that I even knew how to fully get into anyway, even if even if I was super young at the time. So uh, it was more just really fun and, and really interesting to, to try and play this kind of character. So Yeah, I was just curious, as, as a woman being asked to play a man who dresses as a woman, if they'd be like, but but I am a woman. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was just, that sounds awesome. Like, that's, cool. to me, that's that's where I get more excited. Um, you know, love the drama roles and, and love those kinds of things as well. But I think uh, the more I do them, the more I realize I really like the interesting character roles. 
So, okay. you know, playing a spaceship or, you know, doing the sci-fi stuff or the, the comedy or, or whatever it is, where it's definitely a, a character-based character. <laughs> right. um, I, I tend to gravitate towards those. And I also tend to, it seems, be better at them. So, fine by me. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah. Well, so uh, I believe Killjoys, you guys are getting ready to start filming season three here pretty soon. They have started filming. Oh, yeah. they have. Okay. I knew yeah. it was coming up, but I couldn't remember when, but. Yeah, I just did uh, Tricon with Tom, actually. And uh, he told me that they, yeah, they had already started filming, so. Oh, um, wow. So yeah. now now you playing a voice on the ship, you have played also a, a version of the ship who is in a uh, person's body. But yes. playing a voice, do they bring you in later into the recording to do that? It's at the very, almost at the very end. Um, I get to, so one of the, the sort of, I guess, mild negatives is that I don't get to interact with the cast. However, a huge plus is that I get to see on a massive screen uh, all the characters and, you know, then they just slot my lines in. But I also get to see all the special effects, um, all the world. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not acting against a green screen. I'm acting against, you know, sitting in the cockpit of Lucy and, you know, talking to Johnny. So it's really cool in that way. And that um, because I'm coming in and, and I'm, I'm not sure why it's done this way, but I, somebody at one point mentioned, oh, you know, Lucy's a great tool to have as well on top of, you know, the character and that kind of thing. And that sometimes we've added lines in order to we realize once we edited that we needed to add in something. We needed to get some information across, and we just get Lucy to do it. So um, I have a feeling that's also why it's at the very, very end. So. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool. So you, you play yeah. a character and a narrator. Yeah. No, not so much narrator, no, but just, just that during her conversations, she right. can clip stuff together a little bit that maybe wasn't you know clear or maybe got you know lost in translation or whatever it is. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just sort of nice going, oh, I'm helping to pull the story together even a little bit more. So no, I followed you. I was just trying to yeah. put it together in my head. Got no, fair enough. Fair yep. enough. I'm, I'm, uh, it is Saturday, you know, let's pretend it's morning. So, you know, I'm not necessarily communicating the best. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so you said you got into acting a little bit later. Uh, what was it that got you? Well, here's the thing. So I'm assuming you're artistic. Yeah. Uh, uh, sort of, yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. So what was it in your background that attracted you to acting, and how did you get into it? It's funny, though, because my parents are, are both the uh, teachers, and my mom became a principal and started opening schools and so on and got her doctorate, and, and, um, and yet the way that they were with us when we were young, all of us, there's five of us, was, you know, not a lot of TV or almost none, and, oh, you want a Barbie house? Okay, well, let's go make one. So it was very, you know, always imagination, always creativity, always thinking outside the box. And we also didn't, you know, we, we didn't have most of the te technological stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So because they wanted us to use our brains. So we, I mean, it's all, it was all about making up things constantly, make believe, make, you know, imagination stuff. So um, kind of junior high popped into a drama class and went, Oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. <laughs> um, and then, but, you know, coming from a family of, of, um, you know, teachers, which is a very stable job, it just didn't even sort of dawn on me that I could do this as a living. So, you know, I, I went and did, um, uh, photography school out of high school. And then I did, uh, you know, my four years of, of, um, um, 
communications degree and then sort of went, you know, I think I need to do this full time. So, you know, and was taking uh, classes here and there at, at, at um, all the schools. So, um, yeah, it was something that I didn't think I could make work. And then it turns out, oh, no, you can't. Lots of people do that. <laughs> so that's outstanding. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people. I have to have a full time job because I drive an expensive car, and I need to know that I'll, tomorrow I'll still be able uh, to drive it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, acting, you take a vow of poverty, and then you just kind of cruise along and yeah. and see if you can pull out of that. Yeah, exactly. If not, you just kind of are okay with you know not having a car, and you know you just kind of oh yeah cruise along. Well, but then you like have to rough, find. I don't know if you're down. So yeah, you find the work fulfilling, and then it works out as the hope. I imagine. Oh. And then, you know, sometimes you do very well and, yeah. and, you know, then it's like, okay, this is awesome. You know, but like you said, you know, it's less stable. So, you know, I don't go and get a, a really nice car to, you know, to worry about. <laughs> exactly. And see me, I, I, I kind of subsist on a diet of worry. Ah, yeah. fair enough. I got you. Yeah. Sometimes we do that to ourselves. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So what was your, what was your, um, what, what direction were you headed before you decided you could make it as an actor? It's funny, though, because I was all over the place because I think, you know, subconsciously my brain was like, nope, actor, nope, actor, nope. So uh, things I was really interested in were uh, criminology and abnormal psychology, uh, which I did a minor in um, at SFU, um, to sort of maybe go into, you know, being a detective or, or, you know, forensics or something like that. So, you know, just trying to give back in that way and then I went no I'm gonna be super selfish and be an actor <laughs> swung wildly the other direction so wow that is, that's a pretty wide field right there I know yeah who knew <laughs> well that's um let me see here and I believe the last time we spoke you come from a was it a fairly large family if I'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. and four all, brothers and sisters yeah and all almost or all of your siblings are artistically inclined oh they're all incredibly artistic yeah um, writers, graphic designers, web designers, artists. Yeah, they're they're very very creative. So I'm just sort of doggy paddling to try and keep up. So that's gonna be a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Believe me. I go home. I'm like, oh man, I thought I was doing okay. You guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're very clever. And then the parents are incredibly clever as well. So it's a lot to it's a lot to catch up to constantly. Yeah, I would figure. So you've got a regular TV show you do. Um, what else do you do, I mean, to artistically fill your time as an actor? Uh, I would say mostly writing. Um, you know, things here and there. Um, you know, doing little projects with friends, um, doing, you know, read-throughs and, and um, shorts and, and that kind of thing. You, you, you start popping around and, and doing projects. Um, but it's, it's, sorry, I'll try that again. I do a lot of writing, so just trying to get that going as well in terms of, you know, then you get your options and then you try and get people to buy it and et cetera. Um, but, you know, writing things for myself to be in uh, on top of the writing itself. There's always the uh, the selfish aspect. <laughs> no, that sounds fair to me. Are you writing, so when you say writing things for you to be in, are we talking movies, TV series, web series, kind of? It's kind of whatever strikes me. It's not something that I focus on one over another. I seem to have uh, um, a couple of friends and I produced and starred in uh, a web series that I wrote. Um, but 
generally speaking, it seems I've been doing uh, TV series. Uh, one is a historical um, um, miniseries. So there's, yeah, it just kind of depends on what strikes me, you know. Uh, and I never know what an idea is going to be or which idea is going to interest me for long enough to get it to fruition, completion, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and Canada, <clears throat> Canada's actually been producing some pretty interesting television here lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, though many people may not know it, Killjoys is a Canadian production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erin yeah. yeah. Ashmore and um, uh, Luke or, or Luke McFarland are both Canadian. And it's filmed in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I knew yeah. I was. I knew I was somewhere close there. You were so dead on. Yeah. <laughs> See, sometimes though the uh, the Ashmore brothers creep me out a little bit because I always think twins are up to something. Oh, oh, oh! They're uh, not to be trusted. Yeah, they always look like they're <laughs> up to something. There's two of you who well, I can't they... tell apart real easily, so I know you're doing uh, something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, conviction shoots here too. So um, Sean and Aaron are are in the same city together for the first time in a while. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and my wife that. just watched a show called Ro- Romeo. It was a spy series from Canada. Now I can't remember the name of it. And um, it's one of those things like uh, when you watch a lot of Canadian or British television where you start seeing actors from everything you've seen before. You're like, oh, I've seen that guy. He was usually a background uh, player. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, it's your popular actors and everybody wants them and there yep, you go. That so. was it. So everybody that popped into this were like, oh, yeah, he was on whatever show it was. Or, right. I'm pretty yeah. sure that guy stood in the background on an episode of Corner Gas. Right. You know, <laughs> things like that. He was a dead body on such and such. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We start to, it becomes a very small community of, of people who are, you know, working in theater and people who are working in TV and, you know, the genre TV, you know, you get a lot of the same people bouncing around there too. Cause we've got also dark matter here and it's either the expanse or defiance. I, for some reason get those two confused, but we, we shoot one of those here as well. And, um, so we, we have quite a nice, uh, um, sci-fi community out here that we shoot and then vancouver i know they shoot a lot of the superhero stuff so flash and arrow and and uh supergirl and those so oh yeah that's yeah. um well you know it's it, part of it's the trade the uh, the exchange rate between the canadian dollar and the u.s dollar <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but I, I assume part of it's also because it's been that way for a while so now you have a lot of canadian talent who cut their teeth with hollywood people who were working up there so now, now you have a large Canadian talent pool, not just actors, but lighting, oh, sound, yeah. Uh, yeah. cameramen, all the way yeah, around. No, we've got some great crews um, that, uh, yeah, are just used to dealing with the best in the world, and and uh, you know they've they've raised themselves to that level as well. So it's it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to be you know part of the part of this whole community that's that's um, you know top of their game. Yeah, that's that's got to be a great place to be working. Um, now, one of the things I had a question about is it seems to be like there's kind of like we have New York and L.A., you guys have Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah. As far as show business areas. Is there ever like a friendly rivalry between the two areas, or is that not even considered, or what's been your experience with people from I, Vancouver? I don't know in terms of movies and TV, because I think it's – I think. I'm probably – speaking out of my butt, but um, I think it's fairly collaborative in that, okay, we're going to, you know, oh, geez, we need a, a DOP for such and such production. Okay, have you got anybody? Oh, great, you've got so-and-so. 
So I think it's it's fairly a community kind of thing and that we're all trying to help along the Canadian uh, film and TV industry. Um, you know, there's friendly rivalries in that, yes, we shot that and, you know, um, you know, we got such and such a big budget film and, you know, just sort of fun, you know, competitiveness, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. um, I think there's usually a bit more competitiveness overall, um, not, again, so much in, in the um, – film and TV zone, but with Montreal, between Toronto and Montreal. Okay. Um, just because we're so much closer and, right. and um, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of fun with them, you know, so any of our teams, it's always a big game if it's Toronto versus Montreal, and yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's right, and let me see here. If I can remember the name of the show, which I probably can't, Being becoming being Human filmed in Montreal. Yeah. 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 Well, they shoot quite a bit. In uh, Montreal as well, partly because they've got uh, it, it, parts of it look very European. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty neat. And then there's a bunch of stuff shooting on the East Coast now too, because um, it's it's so beautiful and it's such a different landscape. And you know they also have some great tax breaks and you know Canadian dollar again. You know. Oh, I know. Um, a friend or a, a writer director who I've become friends with lives in the Vancouver area. Mm. His movie just hit DVD, and I wanted him and the, the Fred Awanek who starred in it to sign it and send it to me. Yeah. So he sent me an invoice for it, and it was like twenty five bucks. And I was like, oh yeah, no problem. And then when I actually hit pay, it converted it to the Canadian dollar, and it was like nineteen dollars and four cents. Right, right. And I was kind of like, I might have you guys send me my groceries from now on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. You know, we're we're almost kind of used to it now because we're just sort of it always sits in this kind of area, so. You know, well, with any luck, this new president of ours is going to drive down the dollar, and your your dollar will increase in value. It's funny though, because you know, as a country, we want that, but as an acting or as a um, somebody who's looking for work, yeah, yeah, it will it will dry up a lot of our work. So, you know, there's it's sort of. You want it, but you don't want it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's good to theorize about some things, but you know, exactly. on the other hand, I have bills due this week. Right. Yeah. I did hear that Canada is talking about building a privacy hedge along the border with America now. (laughs) Uh, I'm taking by your laugh. That's probably not true. No, no, no. (laughs) As far as I know, I mean, unless some, you know, private citizens have decided that might be fun. Uh, We're certainly happy to have Americans up here. (laughs) (laughs) That's good because we're planning. Bring all your 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 people. Yeah, because we're we're planning to visit during uh, during the spring up to Vancouver. So I'd I'd hate to be to find an unfriendly people once we get there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) You guys have been friendly all along. Yeah, Yeah, especially spring and, and summer get really nice. Yeah, that's that's really the the main question is do I want to come up in spring or summer? And I'm trying to... uh, the later you can go into summer, the better. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's just it's I mean it's Emerald City, you know, the northern Emerald Emerald City, and that it's it's you know it rains a lot, and that's what makes it so beautiful there. Mm-hmm. But it rains a lot, so um, the further out of you know sort of shower season you can get, the the more likely you are to be able to enjoy just really phenomenal days. So yeah, well it's it's kind of like. Seattle. I I've been to Seattle a handful of times. Yeah, yeah it's almost identical. So. And then I see. Well, Vancouver looks so much cleaner though. You know. Oh, what does I mean? it? Okay. Yeah. I've been on a while. Oh yeah. Vancouver is 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 really a beautiful city. I'm from Vancouver, so I'm you know very aware of it, and it just seems to get more and more beautiful all the time. Um, yeah, especially when it's not 
you know, if it's not raining and it's just blue skies and the sun is shining and the green looks, you know, bright emerald green, it's it's really gorgeous city. And then everyone's out, you know, because it's a it's very much a get out and go do something kind of city. So, um, you know, cyclists and and rollerbladers and hikers and you know. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's it's something we've been talking about for like two years. So I was like, ah, we're just going to do it this year. Cool. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, go as much into the summer as you can. Okay. Well, that's that is something for me to remember then. So how did how did you go from Vancouver to Toronto? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I would love to stay in Vancouver, and I've tried a few times. I do find, and it's it's a great city, um, and I would love to be with all my family, but. For some reason, it just doesn't seem to work with me. I think I'm better in a large city. Like, I, I really enjoyed London. I really enjoyed um, um, New York. Um, yeah, I think I'm just better in sort of a, a tight, you know, uh, tightly packed city for some reason. You know, who knew? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people like that. Yeah, you just never know what you're you, what you're going to be drawn to because the rest of the family is not as much. They they enjoy, uh, you know, Vancouver being a bit of a smaller city. So yeah, who knew? Well, one of the things that I discovered when my wife and I lived 150 miles from the rest of our family is you sure like them a lot more when you miss them. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. No, I've got a pretty pretty awesome family that we we seem to all get along now. I think we you know we squabbled enough when we were young that now we're very keen on each other. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's kind of nice. So, is there um is there a dream role hanging out there you'd love to land? Whether it's a type of role or a particular character. Uh, well, I mean, Deadpool's become my latest obsession. Um, I would love to do like a Lady Deadpool, you know, Deadpoolia, whatever. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would love to do um action comedy, you know, with still the, all the angst uh, kind of stuff. Like I I, I really enjoy that kind of that kind of role where you're, you're bouncing around, you're quipping, you're having fun, but it's still all grounded in, you know, this poor guy's uh, pain of what happened to him. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's see. Have you, have you ever considered uh, writing a, uh, a superhero story for you to play in? Yeah, it's funny. I haven't yet, but you know, it's something that you start to think, okay. Um, you know, I've, I've been, uh, I've just been working on sort of a mockumentary sitcom style, and so that's kind of rolling out. And then for some reason, I was walking around, I got this idea for a little sort of alien thing, but like a comedic alien movie. So it's more sort of what kind of jumps on me, because if it if it's something that I kind of force, okay, you know what I'm going to do now is I'm going to write a blah, blah, blah. It seems to, it, it doesn't flow. I seem to, I sort of have to try too hard on it. So it's almost something that has to come to me, and when they come to me, they come sort of half morphed in my brain already. Okay. So it's yeah, so it's something that I just start shaping, and then you know, you know, take the the months and months of of shaping it and putting it down, and you know, that kind of thing. So I would love to, because I think it would be really fun to do, um, uh, you know, a, a female superhero would be really fun to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of waiting for her to jump in my brain. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So yeah. so when you get an idea for a story, it's usually half-formed, or at least the skeletal structure is already kind of yeah, in your head. Yeah, it kind of starts hatching really fast. Um, and, and and I've learned that, and it doesn't mean that, you know, because I've got a whole bunch of half-hatched um, sitting in my, my uh, computer folders. Um so it's, it's something that I kind of, okay, write this down, and I, I just create a, you know, 
whatever name I kind of give it right away and just notes and then just jam down a bunch of notes and then it you know it either just keeps going and keeps going and and it becomes something very quickly or it's something um like trying to get this mockumentary done the the idea came really well hatched but I was still trying to work on something else so I kept banging away at this other thing and you know months later I was like nope that's not going go with the mockumentary so and then as soon as I got rolling on the mockumentary it kind of yeah just so it's it's something that I I yeah I yeah I'm talking like I'm some sort of seasoned writer, but it's really just, you know, I'm just sort of flapping around in the, the shallow end of the pool, just kind of seeing what I can do and, and seeing if people like what I'm doing. And, you know, so flapping around in the shallow end, that's really it. <laughs> well, that's that's how you make progress and get out to yeah. the deep end, though. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes you sort of hope, okay, somebody gets interested in your thing and then, oh, geez, you got a whole bunch of stuff, you know, all uh, packed up on a shelf and, and ready to go. So, and with each one, you, you, you know, cheesy, but it, with each one, you learn more and more each time. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, every, every success is built on like 20 mistakes. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and I've got some doozies of mistakes in there that no one will ever read. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah, if you if what's the old thing? If you haven't made a mistake, you haven't really been working. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've got a, a comic book idea that I've been oh. for like ten years. I've been sitting on it and thinking, ah, I'm never going to do anything with it. And then finally, I wrote like a two page treatment that kind of explained it. And then I now it's just a matter of sitting down to do it. You know. Cool. Yeah. So I'm still playing with like how do you, well how do you start writing because I haven't really written anything but a sales order for 20 years you know <laughs> right, fair enough yeah I, it's it's there's writing courses and there's writing books and you know and and a big part that people uh, I think forget sometimes read a lot of scripts read a lot a lot a lot of scripts that's the big one. Yeah, and these days, I think you can just go on the internet and find, I mean, it doesn't really matter what they're from, just so you can see the structure, but you can find all sorts of scripts to download. Yeah, there's, um, I, I tend to, depending on what, you know, so mockumentary, mm -hmm. um, I looked, uh, I printed out Modern Family, Parks and Rec, um, uh, The Office, so I went through what I'm, you know, the genre that I was poking around in, just, you know, to get, just to start to sort of right in that voice and right in that tone and those kinds of things. So, you know, if you're looking at comic book, Oh, sorry. You're, you're saying a comic book, not a script. Sorry. Well, it'd still be a script. I mean, it, it works out the same way. You still have to have a oh, script okay. to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I would just say read tons and tons and tons of comics, you know, in the, in the vein of, of what direction you want to go in. And, and I think it, I find it very uh, inspiring and you just read these very clever, clever scripts. Um, yeah. So, uh, I just picked up uh, trying to – there's another idea that's percolating, and it's a lot sort of darker and edgier. And so uh, my, my parents actually just kind of randomly bought me um, uh, Inglorious Bastards script and a few others. So it's like, oh, perfect. This guy's got such a great, you know, uh, creative but dark but twisted but unpredictable mind. So it's, it's, a, it's a really great script. Yeah, Tarantino does take you on a bit of a road trip. I can never <laughs> tell. I can never tell if I'm sick of him or if he's a genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I think you can be both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's I'm, I'm a wuss, so you know, uh, uh, Django was a bit gory for me, but mm -hmm. uh, 
it, the violent stuff is the only one, only thing that I can't really wrap my head around. But I think that he's very clever, and his dialogue can be so incredible. Um, and True Romance is one of my favorite movies of all time. I um, that is one of my favorite movies, and that is definitely my favorite Tarantino film. A lot mm. of people, a lot of people say it doesn't count because he didn't direct it, but I say you look at that script or you look at that dialogue and tell me that's not a true Tarantino film. Oh, it's it's absolutely a Tarantino film. Yeah, yeah he just didn't get to. He was too new, I think, at the time to direct it. Um, but it's it's wonderful. I haven't read the script, but I love, and that's one of my favorite characters of all time is Alabama. Um, that is a dream character for me to to play. I would love that. Um, hmm. Yeah, she's one of my favorite female um, movie characters of all time. That's that's yeah, that's one you wouldn't expect to hear. Oh, really? Well, I wouldn't think so because, well, first off, it's kind of a, what would you even say? Kind of that character has become more obscure as time passed. Ah, uh, okay. And you know, usually when you ask people, you know, it's going to be I, I don't know somebody who's currently popular, or, you know, uh, Wonder Woman, something like that. No, Alabama's a really great choice. Oh, I love her. Yeah, I think she just because it was, you know, this is a conversation I end up having with a lot of the more um, uh, the female podcasters is, is you know, the whole uh, girl power thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, girl power is is, you know, just getting good roles like the dudes and and that they're they're fleshed out. They're well thought out. They're, you know, a part of things They make sense. There's nothing gratuitous on either end. But it doesn't mean that you have to be, quote unquote, strong. Because strong often means, unfortunately, in in a lot of Hollywood, I've been finding that strong means flat, uh, not that interesting, but basically walks into a room and punches everybody. And everyone gets, ooh, watch out for her. She's scary. And I find them really boring. Um, And I don't enjoy those characters. So. You know, for me, what's interesting in Alabama, I found she happened to be a very strong character that she, um, you know, she was incredibly vulnerable and silly. And, um, you know, she wasn't the brightest in the world. And, you know, she had her little street smarts and she but she was loyal and just loyal to a freaking fault. And, you know, had this twisted sense of what romance was and. And, you know, who she determined were good people and, you know, would, would lay down for, for, you know, the people that she felt were important. Um, and, you know, and, and her ethics were slightly off, which for me makes it a very interesting character again and just so well written. Um, you know, so that that's more the kind of character that I like or, you know, even, uh, you know, bad guys. Like I love so many really great bad guys. There was a, um, trying to think of her name, but she was, um, she played the bad guy on justified. Oh, are you talking about the older lady, Margot Martindale? Yeah. Yeah. Like that is another character. I just loved, I think that she was brilliant and fantastic and, you know, um, but, uh, you know, those kind of characters that are just, multifaceted, interesting. They, they draw you in and you either hate them or you love them or you're, you're just dying to know what this weirdo is going to do. Or, you know, you want them to be your little sister, but you feel strongly about them in some way. And I'm, I'm finding so many of these quote unquote strong roles. I just feel nothing for them Mm -hmm. because they just haven't drawn me in because there isn't enough to them. Um, anyway, that's, that's just my point of view. 
Yeah. And do you think that's just because they're, they, they like literally when they go, well, what is this character? She's a badass, and that's about as much thought as and they that's give it. it. That's that's all that unfortunately, you know, some of the the breakdowns I see is, you know, you'll see. Uh, and the thing is that I, I I'm not necessarily complaining. It's more just it's not for me because we've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know? So at least now they're bringing in a lot more. Uh, female characters to you know make a bit more of a balance when it makes sense you know there's you know on a on a submarine in 1945 you're not going to have any women so I'm not expecting there to be any there <laughs> um, you know when it, it it obviously has to make sense as well but uh, you know I see a breakdown and so often unfortunately it's uh, you know the female is uh, Margot strong uh, knows who she is doesn't take any crap from anybody the man strong but in a vulnerable way you know things haven't gone so well for him so he keeps his guard up but you can tell that he's blah 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 and so they get this huge thing even though they're saying you know these are both strong characters he gets all this unfortunate i've found again is that i find that he gets all this um you know dimension while some of the female characters they're just strong and quote unquote sometimes become bitch and that's and that's an easy flop to make yeah. too, from yeah, from strong to bitchy or just mean or whatever. Um, and oh, you yeah. know, there's a I'm gonna get her name wrong. Mila Jovovich stars in the yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the Resident Evil movies. Oh, I'm more of a Fifth Element, but yeah, I haven't done Resident Evil yet because they look too scary. Well, <laughs> the thing is, the the Resident Evil and oh, what was that other one she did? Ultraviolet. That was about ten mm-hmm. years ago. Visually, very very nice looking movies. But you feel like the characters they write for her, besides Fifth Element, which is an outstanding movie, but yeah. very often they're like, um, you know, badass chick with a sword and a gun and very tight yeah. pants. Yeah, and, that's yeah. So and there you she go. She can do so much more. You just look at Fifth Element, which, again, is one of my favorite female characters. And how lovely was she? It's just, ah, uh, you're just like, ah, oh, you guys are wasting this this talent, you know, that this woman has. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, Luke Besson right on the edge of a super genius, and then he turns out something like The Messenger, you know? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Not well, good. That's, I didn't care for it. It's an older one, too, and it's uh, Mila, and she plays Joan of Arc. Oh, oh yeah. And I'm no, just no, like, no. oh, I feel like I've just yeah. wasted two hours of my life. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I, mean, when... I like that he gave her that opportunity to do something because he saw how you know great she was in Fifth Element. Oh, but... yeah. Yeah. Well, that's part yeah. of the thing too. It's like Luke Besson, like his his stuff looks like a uh, Moebius cartoon uh, book, you know, like a French car, uh, French comic, mm-hmm. bright bright colors, inventive design, and crazy gadgets and creatures. And then to do something that's a little more grounded and grayer, I I don't know. I just for me it didn't work. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know, sometimes people there's those those crazy terrible people who can do anything and just beautifully and wonderfully and and you know William Goldman can can write Princess Bride and then also Marathon Man. You know, mm-hmm. so he's a jerk because obviously he's way too talented. Um, we hate that guy. But then there's some people that are you know okay, you've got a really great niche. You've tried to step outside, doesn't work, you know, acting, painting, directing, whatever it might be. Stick to what you're really good at because we love what you're really good at, you know. Yeah. So. No, I can see that. Um, so let me ask you, so right now uh, we just had two Star Wars movies with a very strong female lead character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newest Star Trek movie, uh, she wasn't a regular cast member, but they brought in a very strong second tier to lead female character. Okay. Um. 
I would say there's probably more female leads in sci-fi slash fantasy fiction stories right now than there has been probably since the 70s. Because a lot of times when you ask people, well, name a strong, a, a good, strong female lead from a sci-fi movie, it's Ripley uh-huh. from Aliens. Yeah, and and Carrie Fisher. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, you know, with her with her passing away recently, I I probably have more just like sad thoughts right now, so I didn't yeah, bring that one no, up. Yeah, that's true. But that's um, true. but with Star Wars having their two most recent movies had a female lead, I mean, do you see good things coming for? female characters uh at least in genre if not on the whole in television and film yeah that's that's what i i I think is that to me i didn't like either of those female leads i thought they were just again okay uh make her badass Mm -hmm. and just completely one-dimensional which is especially with felicity jones she's so good and it just it felt like oh you wasted an opportunity with somebody who's so amazing um, you didn't let her kind of, you know, step up. You didn't give her the script to step up with. Um, but then, you know, and I'm going back to my show. You look at uh, Hannah John Kamen. She is phenomenal on Killjoys. You know, she's the undisputed, undisputed lead in that she's so dimensional. You know, there's it, it's not and, and so many of the female characters on that. And that it doesn't become this, oh, we, we need to have a female lead in order to draw in uh, the huge female audience. It's, oh, what's an awesome character? She happens to be female? Awesome. Do you know what I mean? And nope. that's what I'm hoping it will become is that I'm making this amazing character. What do I go with? Oh, this is definitely a guy. Okay, you go guy on that one. Okay, this is definitely – this is a transgender. Okay, we go transgender on that You know. And you just kind of realize what the character is, and that that I'm hoping will then give these these more rounded dimensional characters, whether quote unquote strong or not. You know, again, you can have. Um, there was a show uh, my parents have called The Closer. Yes, um, um, Kira Kira Sedgwick, right? Yeah, and she's I don't find her strong at all, but I love her. I think she's weird and she's quirky and she's she looks like she's going to fall apart at any time. She has moments of strength that she can then get things done, but she's incredibly intelligent. But she's it looks like she's got all kinds of social you know personality disorders, and she's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like th- this is the point too is that I think that we there's you know and and it will swing back the other way and we'll settle into the middle where it's not just these sort of token strong female characters. It will be a fifth element. If you're going to do a strong character, it'll be a fifth element. Um, uh, it'll be a Lilo Dallas or it'll be an Alabama that have all this interesting stuff. Uh, or you'll have these leads who are, you know, um, there was one about a detective who, who, uh, he was from the men in black movie, uh, that that uh, was completely fastidious, and he was just uh, super clean. He he couldn't. It was OCD about almost everything, but he also could remember everything. And not strong character at all. <laughs> he was you know uh, scared of everything, and but he was very interesting, and he solved all these crimes. I'm trying to think of the. Are you talking the about show. Monk? Monk. Yeah, with Tony Shalhoub. Exactly. Yes, I love so, that show. Yeah, and it was just ah okay. See and. And this is again, it's it's hey, we're taking we're taking baby steps, we're making all these 
you know, to me, one-dimensional female characters, but at least they're getting starring roles. They're, they're, we're starting out somewhere. Like, I would, I would so love, you know, that either of the two leads uh, in the last two Star Wars movies could have been more like Carrie Fisher, who I loved and hated her because she was, you know, she was strong, but she was a jerk as well. <laughs> she was this pompous, you know, um, elitist jerk who I loved, you know, that she wasn't perfect. You know, because perfect is boring and perfect isn't realistic. And I find perfect, this sounds weird, but I find perfect patronizing. Yeah, I, I can certainly understand that because also, well, let me see. I'm going to have to sort out like three different thoughts and see if I can uh-huh. state them clearly. I think possibly when you have groups like Disney writing these characters, I'm sure everything is written uh, by a large room full of people mm-hmm. and, and every idea is workshop like uh well what if we do this oh no she might look too boyish or you know what i mean where yeah. you get a whole committee involved like if you put together a committee to design a horse you'd end up with a camel it's <laughs> a great way to put it yeah and <laughs> and so I, I imagine when you've got a room full of writers or a handful of writers working on a character they probably come up with some ideas that would be more in line with what you're thinking, but then some executive somewhere goes, well, we really need to sell toys to a girl. So what if we do this? Yeah, you know and I mean? we want to go, you know, girl power. We want yeah. to tap into that. Yeah, but girl power doesn't mean perfect and boring. Right. But And, and unrealistic. But, you know. you know, 70-year-old executives don't understand that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that probably gets in the way because I, I am sure you have you know young young script writers working on this who are, have these great ideas, and then somebody else who ha, you yeah. know, has the checkbook goes, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Oh no, I, I agree. So it's it's you know I'm not saying I'm thinking of some brand new things that no one's talked about. It's it's you know we're just. Oh sure, sure, and we're I, yeah. trying to solve all these problems, you know. So I think we're doing a great job. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, I can tell you, you now, just as an example, like I was going to try to find a writer to collaborate with for my comic book idea. Mm. And I found a kid who was gung ho and I set up a dollar amount with him. And about the week we were ready to do it, he writes me a note. He goes, Hey, by the way, here, these parts of your ideas I don't like. And I think we could do this and be better. That wasn't the story I wanted to tell. So I just mm. said, Hey, hey, man, you know what? I guess this isn't going to work. He's like, No, no, we can still do it. And I was like, No, we can't because. Now I know that you're not feeling it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that you, you know, as, as a writer, I'm sure you'll, you know, run into that. It's, oh, oh, wow, that's a great idea. Or you're right. This idea of mine doesn't work. But if they're trying, if this person is changing the the entire sort of heart of it and it's becoming something that you didn't want, i.e. the camel instead of the horse, mm-hmm. then it's, ah, no, thanks anyway. But, you know, that that's not the direction I wanted to go. Yeah. So. And there's no, yeah. hard, you know, on my part at least, no hard feelings or anything. I just, yeah. I can't collaborate with somebody who doesn't see what I'm shooting. You know, here's the thing, I guess, really. I was looking for commerce, not art. I was looking for, hey, here's my ideas. Help me, you know, string these scenes together with character actions, some dialogue. That's what I was looking uh, for. Yeah. Got it. And I'm sure, you know, all of us that have a slightly artistic inkling are mostly going, well, yeah, but I see an opportunity for this. Right, yeah. right. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think also, just as unsolicited advice, mm-hmm. but I would interview a whole bunch of writers because 
to have a collaboration is is a kind of awesome thing if you're on the same page. And it would just it exponentially um, increases the wonderfulness. This is a great sentence. Uh, the wonderfulness of of whatever you're working on. If you're on the same page, if you guys are adding to each other's ideas and you're not taking away or you're not changing them drastically. Right. Um, so I would say go, go and talk to like another five writers because you will eventually chance upon somebody and you're just, dude, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's amazing. And it just gets better and better and becomes, you know, and it's it's very inspiring when you've got somebody else who is adding to it instead of just kind of you know, not for lack of a better word, just being the lackey and just kind of putting stuff down as you ask for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, just, uh, Oh no, no. And I agree. And that was, you know, kind of my thought. That's why I, I you know, like I said, he's thinking art, I'm thinking commerce. And right. that's kind of an unfair position to put an artistic person in, mm. you know? Yeah. And I realize that, but you know, so yeah. I, I got my <laughs> ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, the other thing is my wife's actually a writer. So after I oh, told her that, she's nice. like, well, how come you never asked me? And then I'm like, I could have sworn I did, but I really never oh. did. <laughs> yeah, you got a built-in collaborator. so Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to try to write it and then give it to her to clean it up, and I'll take another oh, pass. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, so that should hopefully work out. Um, so we are starting to run down on time. Are there any projects you've got coming up you want to get the word out about? Uh, no, nothing I can chat about yet. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be really boring on that front. <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, yeah. will, will you come back when you do have something to talk about? For sure. Excellent. I absolutely would love to. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're, you are a fun conversation. So You too. This is always uh, our second kick at the can is just as fun as the first. So. Yeah, fantastic. Um, all right, so Killjoys has started again, so we can look forward to Season 3 soon. Yep, I'm not sure when. I assume it'll probably be around the same time, maybe uh, July or, or somewhere in that zone. Yeah, I think it's, it's summer release. when things start rolling out. I, I can't remember yeah. right now. But anyhow, uh, Tamsin, um, if people want to check out your work or anything, uh, you want to throw out your IMDB page or anything else? Uh, yeah, Twitter. I always love chatting with people on Twitter. So it's at Red Tamsin, T-A-M-S-E-N. Um, I'm attempting to be better on Instagram, which is the same at red Tamsin. Um, yeah, I do a little Facebooking. I need to get better at that. So I'll, I'll wait until I get better at that before, <laughs> <laughs> before that out. To kind of a somewhat static page. Um, yeah. So, uh, chat with me on those two. Fantastic. All right, everybody. In the meantime, you can catch us at geekishcast.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. And I tweet from at the geekishcast. So long, everybody. Geekish Cast is a Vias and Victor production and is part of the Astro Panda Productions Network. You can find us now on SoundCloud and on Blog Talk Radio. Our theme music is taken from the song Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zaius. Check them out at reignofzaius.net.
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.